I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ross Carl here with James Parsons and Brad Weber in the Lockdown 2 edition. Uh, Super Rugby is over and we're at home, well, like we always are, I suppose, anyway, but not allowed to really do anything. Uh, Jipper, first up, you guys at the Blues. I mean, you were supposed to have the big match, a full house to finish a great season for you guys and what, what? Yeah, it was pretty, it was weird. Like, obviously, we'd had our weeks sort of started normally as, and then, you know, for everyone out of the blue, it came and then we sort of were pretty confident that hopefully we could get a game somewhere else. There was sort of talk of a double header somewhere uh, down in Dunners or moving it maybe to Hamilton. But in the end, because we were in the Auckland bubble, so to speak, we weren't weren't allowed to leave. So everyone tried everything to get the game going, but it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, so we found out Saturday morning, um, you know, what, what was going to happen, uh, that it was cancelled, obviously. So, But I suppose it was pretty clear once Auckland stayed in level three on Friday, did she announce it? I think Friday afternoon. It's pretty clear that it was going to be pretty tough for the game to go ahead. So what did you guys do to try to make, you know, prepare for a game at home? Like you obviously can't do any team sessions or anything like that through the week. Yeah, well, I think just because we've been through it before, um, you know, there's so many online tools. The coaches sort of sent out um, specific things around, you know, opportunities and, and uh, areas that we need to work on. And then the, the trainers sent out like a rugby specific fitness program that the boys had to tick off that, you know, so the numbers matched uh, what we'd normally do on that second to last day and captain's run day. And then obviously if we were going to play, uh, it just meant when we had captain's run on um, – Saturday, it would just be a little bit more intense. Uh, but if anything, because we're so deep into the season, freshening up uh, a lot of banged up bodies, that it probably wouldn't have affected you know the actual game too much. Yeah. What about you, Brad? Obviously, you guys had that last week off. So, you know, what happened with the Chiefs? Yeah, well, we're still in relative freedom down here in Hamilton. So, life's good down here. Um, but... Oh, we were lucky. We had a we were able to have uh, a couple of days together as as a team, um, just over a few few beers and and, and a bit of socialising, and also we had our, uh, a couple of days worth of of reviewing the whole year as well. So we were able to get a lot of that stuff um, out of the way, luckily enough for us. And then um, just been kicking back for the last sort of few days before um, getting back back into a bit of training this week before uh, whatever happens next week with that North versus South, or whether we have to head back to Mitre Ten to see what happens. So what was that review like? Uh, it was pretty brutal, pretty honest. Um, to be, uh, it was, and to be fair, it was actually bloody good. Um, you know, no one, um, 
no one sugarcoated anything. We all um, were pretty honest. And um, I think everybody looked at themselves in the mirror first, which was um, pleasing to see as well. There was um, no real finger pointing. It was just uh, how can we help um, each each player, each area, each uh, you know, coach and, and management get better. So um, it was really well run, actually. It's probably one of the best reviews I've, I've been a part of. So, um, yes. Is it one of those ones where you had to look deep into the mirror or, you know, were things not actually as bad as it may seem with a, a winless season? <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh, you, you did have to, no, you did have to look pretty deep in the mirror, I think, and um, sort of think about where, where what went wrong and um, where you can get better. And But what's been great with with, um, with, our, with our management staff is they've been really open to um, hearing our views and, um, have real confidence that you know what we give back and review that they'll take on board and vice versa as well the feedback that coaches and management have given back to each of us players I think will we'll take on board really well and um, yeah in a funny sort of way I think we'll be better for this. Chip for you guys it must have been weird like they had their wrap up they got to kind of say goodbye in a way but you guys you weren't really able to do it at all. Yeah it was, it was weird obviously we had the bye the week before so we got our awards and stuff like out of well not out of the way but got it done in that bye week um but because we still had a game and obviously a pretty big game it was you know pretty tame and um you know did a bit of a review part of our review but we finished off um some of that review today via zoom uh, but we didn't really get a chance to obviously get together with the lads um after the final fixture and you know send off guys that have given a lot to the club you know i suppose one that comes to mind for us is, is matt duffy he's been massive you know over the last five years and um he's he loves his social gatherings so it was it was disappointing not to be able to send him off in the style he would have enjoyed <laughs> well, what kind of style is that well he's from the nrl ross you know? <laughs> 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 uh, no nah, he, he he um he, he just enjoys his lad's time and uh he, he not, he's our sheriff as well so because, you know, when you're the sheriff and you guard everyone all year, uh, you normally cop a bit of flack. But I think he he likes to get into people during the year just purely for that so that there's some good banter at the end of the year. But, no, nah, it's obviously gutting because, you know, we're not going to get a chance. Yeah, because he's got to head up to Japan and, and fulfil that contract. And there's another more other guys not coming back. Um, but, yeah, it, it is what it is. And, and you know, I, I think we'd probably be we're more grateful that we got seven games in um rather than none and, and having to do something um over zoom anyway so nah, a bit of tongue tongue and cheek there and now it's what get ready for minor 10 for the people outside of auckland and the people in auckland wait brad you you head down to the bay there yeah i think um it all depending on what happens with that north versus south fixture i'm sort of waiting to hear um whether i've made uh, the south squad and uh if i have i'll head, head to that and if not yeah head down to hawks bay i think um Quite a few of the lads are starting to disperse now, so um, I think because kickoff for that is was it second week of September? Seventh, so it's, yeah, no, I think yeah, it's oh, first week. Of oh, there you go. Yeah. So it's coming around pretty quick. So um, yeah, boys are going to have to get down there um, asap. I think so. Um, yeah, bit of fun heading down to the bay for a couple of weeks before it all starts. Oh, it's like going on holiday when you head back to Hawks Bay, mate. Sun shining, it's nice and warm. Very chilled sort of uh, place in the country. So I always enjoy getting back to the bay. So home-cooked meals? Unfortunately not. My parents um, moved to Mount Maunganui about six or seven years ago. So unless my little sister has all of a sudden become an outstanding cook, um, I'm getting no home cooking when I, when I head back down to Hawke's Bay. I have to go find a, 
find it flat to live in with a few of the lads, which is a bit disappointing. They have to follow Otteri Black to the Bay of Plenty, mate. <laughs> no chance. That is one place I will never play mm. in my rugby. Mark my word. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good pick up for them, Chip. Yeah, oh, mate, it's massive. Um, Oates, was on the market. I was keen to get him to Harbour, but um, obviously with Gats there and that, he wanted um, to head somewhere else. But, oh, look, the, the form he's in, um, the confidence he's got on his own game, it, it's it's a really good pick-up for them. They'll be they'll be pumped. And uh, yeah, they're in the Premiership this year as well, because eh? they won it last year. So um, they're looking good. A lot of their players are in form. So, you know, um, we had a couple in there, and Kurt Eklund and Aaron Carroll. So... Uh, I think they've got a few other boys from the Chiefs that that go a hundy like Mitch Carpet, so they'll they'll be uh, they'll be looking pretty good uh, making a step up this year. Yeah, interesting pickup as well. Uh, Oatsy going there because they've got Caleb Trask on their books as well. So it'll be interesting to see how Clayton sort of fits both of them in. Whether Trask goes and plays at fullback or um, yeah, Tutoido is signed at, at, at the Bay as well, so they're going to have a really exciting backline for sure. Um, I'm hoping that because Clayton's going to be the Chiefs um, coach next year, that maybe he just, Oatsy just on the bench, mate. Trust you to get the <laughs> hey, mate, he's got to win though, you know, first yeah, and true. foremost. Yeah, good point, yeah. <laughs> Caleb Trask, I couldn't believe seeing him in person. He looks about 12 years old. <laughs> he acts like it too. Uh, yeah, he's a baby face, but he's, I'll tell you what, he's a tough little bugger. He throws himself in, in on defence, you know, he's, he's, he really won the respect of, of uh, a few of our loose forwards pretty quickly because he, uh, he doesn't shy away from that sort of stuff. So don't let uh, the looks fool you. It's a good amount of experience for him too, going through um, that campaign and learning under, um, under Aaron. Yeah, I think that'll be the biggest part is, is just seeing how Cruds uh, prepares for games and how he runs uh, runs things at team trainings and 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 on at game time as well. So uh, he'll certainly be better for. It. He's a, a little bit shy uh, early on, but um, he certainly found his voice towards the back end of the season. I think Cruds had a massive impact on that. So yeah, that's where you just really can't uh, put a price on on experienced guys like that coming back and and helping out young fellas like Caleb. It'll be it'll uh, it'll be great for him. You're pretty fired up for the Bay. I mean, there's a good chance with, you know, who knows when Test Footy's going to come, you're going to probably get a decent season with them, maybe. Yep. Yeah, uh, my, uh, I absolutely love getting back and, and playing for the Magpies. So, um, you know, getting to play with, you know, a lot of my uh, my schoolboy mates and um, playing in front of my old, my old friends back there too. So, um, yeah, nothing, you know, it fires me up getting to um, play at McLean Park. And, um, yeah, we, we've got a nice wee side of this. A few young fellas have been around for, for a few years. A lot of those Hastings boys, guys that um, were meant to be really good out of school, have sort of had three three years of, of senior footy now. So um, we'll be making it hopefully a pretty good nudge at the championship. Some solid recruitment from Hastings boys, eh? They should be looking more at Napier boys personally, I think, but we'll take them. <laughs> Napier men's, isn't it? Yes, sorry, yes. Asterisk, Napier men's. Well picked up, Chipper. Appreciate that. <laughs> What about Harbour? When do you guys get back into camp? Um, uh, well, we sort of got to stay in level three, so we will um, pretty much as we go get to level two, then we can get together. But it's all training at home. Gym gear has been handed out, um, so a little bit of a stop start for for the boys here, you know, Auckland and Harbour. Um, but it's just a little bit more adversity to sort of get our backs against the wall and, and come out swinging in round one. <laughs> Are you going to be swinging in round one? No, I won't be. No, no, no. 
uh, still still uh, chipping away with the old concussion. So just got to play it safe, make sure that I'm completely symptom-free before, before playing. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I've had plenty to say there, Ross. Don't you worry about that. Actually, there are some chatty hookers, eh? Like, Dane's got plenty to say. Um, yeah. Who else is it? Ash Dixon gets about every penalty overturned, oh. the amount of chat he does to the ref. <laughs> he, he's, yeah, because he captains our side, obviously, at Hawks Bay, too. And sometimes I feel like Dicko takes it a bit too far with his wings. Oh, mate. He's a wordsmith. He's a wordsmith. <laughs> he has, I don't he know. Has. He gets that many overturned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just get told to bugger off to the line. Oh, okay, sweet. Have you got it or you don't? Can you learn to overturn a ref? Or have some people just got a wee knack? No, you can't. Oh, I think so. I think you can. You get more ballsy as you get more experience. Mm. Yeah. Some people do have do seem to have a natural ability, though, as well. You definitely can. Yeah. But some people, you're just like, man, how the hell did you... How did, like, Dicko, TJ... Your classics. I'm speaking about Dixon, uh, Landers Canes. Um, there's no crowd down there, but um, geez, that was a spectacle. You guys enjoy that? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought it was, it was pretty good. I mean, two teams that love running the ball with um, some exciting players in amongst it. It was, it was good stuff. I mean, I actually spoke to uh, we spoke to Dicko, and he was saying that it was just so weird having no crowd and could literally hear every single call, especially indoors as well. It was like, I suppose it was almost like a, a post training run for them, but. Um, a good way to send Super Rugby Aotearoa out, anyway. Mate, they look good. That, they've they've changed their... If you look at the Highlanders against Crusaders the week before, they went hard at the breakdown. And then, uh, you know, you look at Mitch Hunt's try where they turn over the breakdown. It's like they just sort of thought, oh, it's bugger it, we're just going to throw everything at those two games. They just look such a better side. Um, and, and the team that normally wins the breakdown will win the game. and Because their ability to turnover and score points from far was was so, you know, impressive against a Kane side that was running pretty hot. I thought, um, you know, they showed a lot of, you know, obviously a big occasion and they're all fired up. One thing I did think was interesting, though, if you looked at that game and then you looked at the first weekend, just what what how the breakdown is refed, um, man, it's just two different games. You know, so I think if we're going to do it again and stick with these rules, there's got to be They've got to put a line in the sand and then, you know, like stick with it because it, I think when it, you know, it's sort of softened um, and I'm sure they'll do their review as well, but then it's like, it gets confusing. You sort of, you get hesitant, and but it was until the Highlanders are like, well, you know, this is the last game, nothing to lose, but you can't do that for a whole season. Um, so there needs to be a balance there. So it's just like, man, everyone was flying back in again, which I'm all for. But we've just we've just got to get the balance right so that, that you know it's really clear on what what you can do and can't do. So it wasn't necessarily that um, players had adapted; it's that the refs had let them go back to their old school things. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a bit of both. Like players definitely had to adapt because we got pinged off the park early. Um, and yeah, I, I, it was just from like a viewing point of view. Like I just went back and had a look at some of the penalties that were early on, and we and they said they got some wrong, but it just it, it didn't look like, especially like the turnover ones and the counter ruck ones. Yeah, you know, I think man, it was your guys' game, wasn't it, against the Highlanders? Mm. Like yep. they touch the ball and get a penalty. Yeah, and, that, um, and then and that one that you just like you just said like people people all of a sudden are having to survive the clean out again. Yeah. Before, all you had to do was literally just like literally pick it up a little bit, and you won the penalty. So it was sort of going back to pre-COVID. Yeah. 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 
it just but I like that way because mm. it, it's it, that's so I. I think what suits the New Zealand style and maybe that's happened naturally um, but as I said I'm sure they review but it was just interesting mm. um, because it creates it just the importance of the breakdown just is like massive in terms of winning that collision and pretty much the Chiefs changed the game in 2012-13 the way they you know dealt with the breakdown and yeah. then from then on it's sort of been such a key point. So when you head into Mitre 10 Cup are you expecting obviously there's a wider pool of reps as well are you expecting similar interpretations? I'm, I'm not sure what, what have they been given a directive for Mitre 10 was, Cup as well? No it was just super but it might continue mm. on um, because they're both New Zealand based comps and it was a it was a decision by the union to do because um, it was all uh, based on the coaches feedback as well because I think some of them have been good especially like the off sideline yeah. and you know allowing teams to play like people want to see those long range mm-hmm. tries they want to see um, that style of footy um, but I still think the breakdown is always going to be a niggly one like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's impossible to ref consistently and as you say there's going to be less experienced refs and then that's where you know you're going to have to get your preparation right as a team understanding the ref you're going into the game with so that you know the boundaries um, you can push and you can't yeah brad do you think much about that i mean how much do you think about a ref before you go into a game uh, you think about it a fair bit usually you have sort of um maybe one coach that has done a little bit of uh background or, or research on sort of where that guy has most of his penalty calls most of his penalties from um, where he goes hard and um, so 100% that's going to have to continue and certainly with um, a, a bigger range of, of refs you're going to have to find little areas that you really need to focus on that week knowing that um, this guy sort of pings you know for a lot for on defensive teams or, or, or the opposite so um, it will take a little bit but it's going to be yeah I imagine so so just so I'm, I'm clear now, is that so? Did that directive come from NZ Rugby? So it wasn't from the I'm refs. So they sure, asked yeah. that from the. It was from the Super Rugby coaches. Were um, all. So um, they'll so they'll obviously review that now and see how they like it. Because I mean, yeah, I'd yeah. say so. I'd say they'll keep it. They, they've got to. They'll probably keep some of it for sure. I think you do still need to survive the clean out a little bit. I think you got to give the. Yeah, I reckon that's the beauty of it because the guys that can survive the clean out, that's what makes you, that's your point of difference. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I think like every player has a role, like a key role mm. in a team and, and some, some guys have made a career out of that. And I think if it's just, if you get into the zone of, you know, just touching the ball and stuff, then everyone mm. um, can sort of get away with it. I, I think you've got to absorb at least one clean out. Yeah, exactly like in that, in that first game, Damian McKenzie got two turnovers just by touching the ball. So that yeah, yeah. obviously is enough. <laughs> but then it takes away from guys like Bo Shear, who yeah. um, you know, potentially could make 10 to 12 years living out of being that good at that one thing. Yep, very Yeah, and his stats dropped like big time. Yeah, but I reckon... And then they came I, back. At the end, last couple of games, he was back into it because... The interpretations they let you sort they made you have to survive the clean out a little bit more. So it's interesting that at the start he he did drop off, but then they came back. But also yeah. like because he was such a force before COVID, like you know what it's like when you play Pocock and that yeah. you're like I, I want to run at that guy and make him tackle because mm. you don't want him being the one hovering. So like teams were going in with a plan of like if we can make Lachlan tackle, 
then you know it's going to be one of the other Lucys which isn't as effective as him. Yep. So that's why his stats dropped heaps. It wasn't due to his inefficiency. It was just teams were like, he's too big a threat. You've got to you've got to make him tackle so that because man, he is just the best at like like from a rest point of view, they should just take a picture mm. and that's what it should look like. If it doesn't look like that, <laughs> then you're not you shouldn't get the turnover. Because his feet are basically underneath him. Like he literally is holding his own weight the whole yeah, time. Whereas some guys' feet are like he's a deep squatter. It's, it's incredible, mate. It's uh, the way he absorbs the hit cleanouts too. I'm yeah. like, oh, I get I get nervous for his hips and knees every time. He's just hyper flexible. I think he can literally just yeah. He's he can fit himself into a suitcase. Yeah. Hey, look, let's let's have a talk about Super Rugby about um, form guys and what we're doing heading into this. Obviously, North South and possibly All Blacks. Rugby Pass put out a form team um, this week. I suppose one of the interesting parts of that team talking about the breakdown was Dylan Hunt. They put in Dylan Hunt as the Form 7. Um, he was actually pretty superb, especially through the back end of the season as well, wasn't he? Yeah, Dylan's a good link player. He's your traditional 7. Like, he's he's he'll tackle his heart out. He'll be good over the ball. Um, and, you know, he's one of those guys that will have those support lines um, on attack. He's not your Artie Savia, your Duplessis, your... Um, well, who are probably Dalton's sort of can go into that power sort of seven bracket as well. So, but he he he's just sort of you know similar mold to Sammy Kane, I suppose. He just hits hard um, and and works all day tirelessly for the team. You know. Yeah, yeah. And do you, do you guys like the loose forward makeup there? Well, I would have liked to have seen at least one chief in that um, form twenty three. There's zero, and I mean, fair enough, probably, but. Uh, maybe if we could find a spot for for Lachlan Boucher, that would be good. Um, but it is hard to argue with some of them, to be fair. I mean, Hoskins Satutu has just been outstanding for, for you boys up north all year, so um, tough to argue with, with. And like you just said about, about Dylan, I mean, um, maybe I'd throw uh, Bobby Boucher in, in for him. That'd be my only change. Jeez, I hope he doesn't become the new Dwayne Monkley. Like, he's just too good a player, eh? And, and geez, everyone's talking Duplessis. Everyone's talking about all these other people for All Blacks. Oh, man, this guy deserves at least a game. Yeah, somewhere I, along the way. I, I think so. I think, he, he, I mean, he's hundred percent uh, earned it, particularly pre-COVID with the, the old interpretations too. And if they're going to run with those in international rugby, you have got to look at that and think, well, you know, Lachlan will be an absolute beast under those interpretations. So um, I certainly think he's earned his earned his way. But um, you know, if he hasn't, he's still only twenty-four, I think. So he's still got plenty more years left. Yeah, yeah. It's it's must be a Chiefs thing. Like apart from Sam Kane, you know, like Marty Holler had Richie McCaw around him, Dwayne Monkley was around him, Michael Jones. It's just you, you wear um I, mean, I suppose they're all white cut but you wear those those three colours and you're not in for good luck when you're on open side flanker there. I think he's got a point of difference about him though, like to get him into the team as his line out work. Like there's not many sevens that are as tall as him and, and have the ability on the ground. I'm thinking from a hooker's point of view. Any the more yeah. options the better. Um, and then we've already spoken about his breakdown work. Uh, and, you know, Gilly would get him in there and get a bit of size on him because, you know, he probably would need to bulk up a little bit for that international um, level sort of seven. But there's a, there's a couple of areas to his game that the others just don't offer, um, you know, in terms of his ability in the air, his height, 
um, and you know that that consistency around the breakdown. So he he's still got to be close to to selection thoughts. Yeah, I mean, fronted line out operators. Who who would be competing with him to be a fronted line out operator in a in a team like that? Oh, look, I look, I'm biased, but Dalton's really powerful and explosive. Like he's a he's a good line out option as well. Um, you know, I think Sam Kane's done it for a number of years for the All Blacks, but I think he lifts mainly at the back um, for the Chiefs. Um, but I just don't think someone's being utilized. He he would have a number of takes. Like the Chiefs use him a lot. Um, at the front of the line out there. Yeah, when when Gareth Evans was um, was healthy oh, yeah. um, for yeah. the Hurricanes, he's probably one of the best at the front of the line out, just his speed off the ground. Um, but unfortunately, he's obviously been injured the last uh, of the season. But yeah, he's pretty he's pretty good at the front of the line out too. Tough choice, I suppose. Hoskins Satuta was awesome at the very start of the year, but as the year went on, I suppose there were some other guys at eight who also looked pretty strong. Yeah, Marino obviously at the Highlanders, but Hoss Hoss's numbers speak to himself. The, the numbers over four games are is more than most over eight. So, um, and you want to talk about a guy who's great at line out. He he's one of the you know he's right up there in terms of his ability in the air, his speed off the ground. We know he's a power athlete, ball carry, tackle. Um, I think he definitely warrants his selection there. Um, and and we know his ability off the back of a scrum um, is similar to Artie's. You know he just holds that ball like it's a tennis ball and rips rips it out of there and goes. So, look, it's it's a hard one. I mean, the beauty is is every position you could go through and probably debate um, who could be in there. Only one probably isn't debatable is, is the locking area. Like Those two have probably been the standouts. But you've got to find a spot for Will Jordan in the starting team, surely. Like, yeah. The guy's had a season. Like He leads every attacking stat pretty much. And uh, as Crusaders teammates nipped onto the wing ahead of him, <laughs> I'd say he'd have to have the 14 sewn up. Uh, that's the only one I'd probably change. Uh, he, he'd, he'd definitely have to be in and around there. And I'd, I'd have big Carl in the 23 somewhere. I just think his ability at scrum time, he can change a game with that. Through the back of the year, there was a bit of that at the Blues, wasn't there? There was some good end of game scrummaging going on. Yeah, it was massive. And, and look, it's not down to one player, but he's a freak. Like he is, a, he's a freak when it comes to scrummaging. Yeah, we felt the brunt of that um, that scrum at <laughs> late in, in our game up at Eden Park. So, yeah, you can't argue with the big Carlito. Has he just got a big smile on his face going into scrum practice? He's just one of those guys who just lives for it. Mate, he almost isn't even interested in it, like because he's just <laughs> that good, you know. Like he's he's almost just coaching and, and giving guys, you know, another go. Like he, because you know, like. I don't know. He's just, man, he's, it's like when you're a hooker and he's there, there's just such a big difference. Like it's just like, you almost don't really have to do much. You just hook and it's, it's glorious. I've had him at Harbour. I've had him at the Blues now. It's, 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 it's a great way to. That's all you guys do in scrums scrum. anyway, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> mate, come on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's because we've marched you, you know, a few penalties and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so what, what is it? What do you feel when he's there? Like, is it, it's just a solid rock. There's no movement. Like, what is it that you feel when he's right next to you? No, it's just like, he, he just feels like he can explode out of there at any time, you know? Like, even if he's in a bad position, he, he finds his way out of there. Um, and obviously, for us, off has been going awesome as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's hard to explain. Such a scrum is such a feel thing. You know, it's it's like a connection feel thing rather than... All if you haven't been in the front row, you'll never quite understand. Eh? Like you guys are a special breed, but you guys, you know, 
no one knows. Like I'd have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm sure all the front rowers that are listening are probably like, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's uh, like, I, and you, I don't even know if he probably knows. He's just strong. He's just probably, he just keeps it really simple. So it makes him so good. He's just like, yeah, push. Yeah, beauty. <laughs> like, sweet. <laughs> he's got a big ass and big legs on him, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he doesn't mind a squat. He's, um, but he's surprisingly quick over 10. Like, he's rapid over 10 for a big man. Um, He's yeah, sort of like Charlie Farmer a little bit, you know, like that, that sort of light on their feet. The, what about the backline? Um, obviously, Richie Moonga um, at ten, Geordie Barrett at fifteen. I mean, last year we saw you know Moonga at ten and uh, the other Barrett at fifteen. It would be really, really hard to go past having Moonga at ten again, considering the way he has just been amazing. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's hard to. It's hard to deny how good he's been, but I mean, Bodie's pretty damn good too. Like, aren't we just so blessed to to have so, probably two of the top two, you know, tens in in world rugby at the moment? Like, um, better Fozzie to make the decision than, than any of us. But um, yeah, it is hard to deny his form. And I mean, Bodie would have, I imagine, would have liked to have played probably a little bit more ten with with you boys, Jip. But um, yeah, he's pretty good as well. I yeah, I don't. I don't think we can look past how good Bodie looked at ten when he moved mm. there. Like Richie, don't get me wrong. I've, I've raved about him. I think he's he's great and he's definitely the form ten. But with the you know the three games Bodie had at ten, he he changed our attack uh, massively. Just his ability to be flat at the line and and you know holds defenders, his ability to kick and pass. You know that. To stop that, you know, the crossfield kick and then give that bullet pass to Lambourne against the Highlanders, that takes a, a hell of a lot of skills. So it's a tough decision and, and, and one that's... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, just not going to get answered because you know that you could start either of them um but probably richie's probably got the inside running because he's played you know seven games and and even before super because Bodie obviously had that sabbatical you know he's he's been the form one all year uh and he just has that ability to cut teams open uh you know regularly and and he, he's also you know a pretty sharp shooter with the old boot too so he's yeah it's a it's a it's a tough one. I'm going to be biased. Like I, I'd probably pick Bodie, but that's just because he's in my team. <laughs> like that's just the natural way it is. But uh, I appreciate what Richie Richie's got about his game. Like when I've played him, you know, he's he's just as tough to defend and 
the storm. And big moments, Brad, like some big moments and big games this year. He's just come up with something a little special. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like the the stuff against you boys down in Christchurch, Chip, yeah. um, some of that stuff is just, yeah, it's freakish. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I mean, Bodie's got so many years, though, of, of, of just quality first five work for the All Blacks, so it's it's going to be it's going to take a fair bit to take that off uh, off Bodie as well. But I mean, also at fifteen as well, the stock's there because if you play Richie at ten and then have Bodie at fullback, then you, I mean, Geordie's playing so good. Obviously, we've got Damien McKenzie who's who's clearly class, and we've already mentioned Will Jordan as well. So, um, man, what a pickle! Jesus, it's tough, isn't it? Mm. Like, <laughs> how big can you make an All Black squad? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. It's like they probably want 45 50, but they'll probably have to go for 36 or something like that. Depends on how many games there are. I suppose if they're just internal, what they generally carry um, kind of mid 30s for internal games, and about 30 if they go over the Tasman. That's the general, isn't it? Yeah, 32 probably when they're internal because normally a hooker and a halfback will get gassed and they'll just call them in um, when needed. I think apart from that, it's a pretty good-looking form team from the rugby pass. Nani obviously was playing superbly before he got injured. Rico, geez, Jeff Rico's been crazy good. Oh man, he's found a spot. I reckon like he's. I, I'd love to see Anton and him together. I really would. Um, Nani's obviously injured, but I just think, oh, I reckon those two in the midfield would be awesome. Um, the the one the only one thing that surprised me actually about that form fifteen is is the lack of lock cover. You know, you're asking two big boys in the engine room to go eighty. If someone goes down, who's going to cover lock in that team? Shannon Frizzell would have to slot in from looks of that. Maybe, maybe it'd be at a push. You know, like you'd be putting your your line out under pressure, especially against a South Africa or you know, even an, even an RG. Yeah. If Vi Fafita was in form, he'd be a kind of guy that you could put on a bench there and, and do that kind of cover. But we haven't seen a lot of Vi in comparison, maybe nah. to previous years. Exactly. And it's a form 15, but mm. I'm just being a train spotter. Yeah. Well, Putty Putty Parkinson from the Hollanders has been pretty good. He's a big boy. She's he's yeah. got a fair bit of height about him. So his, his last two games have been his best, I reckon, in terms of his physical prowess um, and ball in hand. I'm obviously, again, I've come out and been a big fan of Gerard Cowley too early for us as well so um, but form 15 you've got to get those guys in there you know mm-hmm. with Dalton Ard- it's hard to believe Artie's on the bench I mean it's yeah. just it's <laughs> just, it's just ridiculous it's yeah. a ridiculous team really yeah. <laughs> um, spoilt for choice yeah that's what Super Rugby Aotearoa has really done isn't it like everyone has lifted their game yeah oh, massively it's um well, it's just like a test match. Like like Leon said to us, like if you guys want to be mainstay All Blacks, this is what it's about. You know, this is test match fever week in, week out and an expectation to perform. There's no better cauldron to learn and, you know, put your hand up for test match footy than, you know, backing up week after week against, you know, rival teams that, you know, there's genuine passion and, and dislike, obviously, once you're on the field and, and off the field, at, you know, your mates. But there's a genuine, you know, there's grievances with every... Uh, you know, every game, every weekend, there's there's plenty to prove. There's plenty of build-up um, videos, past players. You know, like it's, yeah, it's uh, it's been a great competition. Uh, would have been nice to finish with forty-three thousand, but um, it's still delivered before that. The concept of North South and me would be a really cool long-term concept. 
Like, we need this game to not be an exhibition game. We need this game to be like a game of rugby. So let's say that we come out of um, lockdown on the 26th, right? That will give the teams two days to prepare for this game. So it can really be nothing but an exhibition game, which is unfortunate because it would be super cool if it had an origin-style prep where you spent a couple of weeks in camp and boom, you're ready to do something big. And then in the future, this could become a thing that would be something that people could hang their hat on, you know? Oh, I can see where you're coming from, but yeah, like we've spoken about it before. Like I like the idea of um, players being able to acknowledge the, the provincial union that gave them their first crack. I do think it is a one-off fixture. So, you know, like if it was, you know, you look at the calendar year and it's like, okay, if we're going to put it in where, you know, you like to, to, have a, to have a camp and to do it properly, where's it going to fit in? And then thirdly, the reason why the NRL origin goes so well is because the International Rugby League isn't as strong. So that is, that's its figurehead. That's its biggest you know, commercial opportunity. It's its biggest uh, ability to promote the game. So you can make time for it, they put. But whereas you know, in rugby, our international rugby is the, the, you know, the shot window, I suppose, or the, the figurehead of our game. So, you know, that's why, you know, I agree if we're going to do it, do it properly, but it's just, you know, there's only so many holes and I think we'd all probably rather another all black test or more than, than something that, you know, hasn't got as much history, I suppose, but that's just my thought um, on where it is. I'd love to see a series. I'd like to see a month of it. Like I I know that there would be absolutely no room for that other than this year, but, Imagine how great that would be if you were able to have, by the time you got to the third game, there would be that meaning to it. Suddenly it would have, you know, entrenched itself because people have watched the team, supported the teams. It wasn't just a game that they watched on the weekend. It's a series of games that they've watched in a row. You know, then and if I you think, want to get people buy-in, that's what you need to, to get them yeah. into it. But then you've got to go to where you are from. Yeah. Like you've got to do it, you know, your origin. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like I feel like they would change the eligibility rules if it was like that. Yeah. Um, for this one-off, I think they've, they've done it the right way. To, but yeah, like you say, if it's if it's a to be if it's to be a three-match series and to carry on, um, I mean, you'd have to you'd have to knock off three or four weeks off uh, whatever domestic comp there was, whatever the Super Rugby is in future, because that's the only way you could fit it in because there's literally just no space on the calendar for it. Would people be against that? Well, I don't know because mm. it, there might be space now. Because what does Super Rugby look like? Yep, we we don't know yet. So, like, maybe there is in time. Maybe it's something that. But for this year and the situation we're in, I just think it's the right fit. Uh, one for get all the best players out there, um, and then maybe in future we look at something like that. If the calendar that's adjusted. Or whatever it looks like, no one knows what 2021 looks like, and we don't even know what the rest of the year looks like at this stage. So, it's something that I think would be cool to look at. Um, but if it's got to be done well, like you say, um, even if there's standalone weekends, maybe you know, like Origin is standalone, um, in the NRL. I mean, there's many ways you can do it. Let's say we are oh, okay, we're doing what we're doing right now, and let's say we come out of lockdown on the 26th and teams have two days prep. Brad, what does two days prep for a game look like? How, how do you organize a team for a game in two days? I wonder if they could do that. I mean, having 
do you, what do you think, Jeff? Like having no contact and then going straight into a game would be a little bit dangerous, don't you think? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like if you look at the barbers, they do it. It's, mm. it's pretty low key. And then those teams sort of do perform. I think with one-off fixtures, it'll be simple game plans. It'll be rugby in its purest form, I'd say. It'd be whoever wins the collision areas. You know, your line-outs would probably be very simple. Um, and and your strikes, I, you know, I'm not much of a back strike designer, but I can't imagine they could come up with too much um, in, a, in a few days. So, and, and you don't know how teams are going to defend. You'll know individuals, but you don't know what, you know, like when you play the Hurricanes, you know they're going to rush. Um, you know, yeah. when you play the Chiefs, you know that they might drift a little bit more, you know, because of footage. Um, but, you know, it's sort of blank canvas. So it will be almost like a pickup game and, and, in, in a reserve somewhere, you know, in the sense, but it'll be rugby in its purest form, which could be a great spectacle, especially if you're fighting for a black jersey. Well, and there, there was contingency plans too, wasn't there, to have the game in Wellington. Yeah. So every player outside of Auckland would be able to, um, would be able to meet and train for that week. It'd just be, I suppose the Auckland guys wouldn't be able to come in until later on in that week. So, so. I think mm. that'd be about 30 players. <laughs> sure. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we get Roger Hudibas at Shaq talk because he come into Union, it seems, every second year, don't we? Is he going to go to the Blues? Is he going to do whatever? If he came to the Blues, Jip, what position would you put Roger Tuivasa Shaq in? Well, he'd be full-back wing. Probably have to start in wing to find his feet. And then, and then hopefully I'd say with his counter-attack ability and his work under the high ball, but some of those spiral bombs lately he's been letting drop for the Warriors because um, it's almost it's almost more beneficial in, in league to not go for it at the moment. Classic league chat. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, he'd have to, probably have to start on the wing to find his feet and, and, then, and then move back to fullback. Um, don't know, it'd be a tough transition to be in the midfield. Um, doesn't suit him either. Yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot of guys, it's only really been outside backs that can sort of transition from league to, to union. I mean, most guys probably need a year of minor 10 cup, really, to, to get real good. Even though I know Rogers had a lot of time um, when he was here at school, but because Duff, Duff man was yeah. similar, right? So he... It took him about a year to get yeah. back into the groove and once he got the groove it was sweet but exactly, um, yeah. even when he went from wing to fullback it's just a big it's so different to league yeah it's it's just it's just different but by all accounts um he's addressed the warriors and said it's it's a non non-story so um but i don't think oh it'd be pretty good like i think he'd go pretty well um but it, i think it would take time with the, what about the midfield? I mean, he's obviously got great feet. He takes to the line pretty well. Um, he spends a bit of time at first receiver, so he can obviously catch and pass. Uh, would there be a like, spot from there? I think that's like two of the, yeah, the hardest positions in 12 and 13, you know, especially defensively and um, your ability to distribute and kick under pressure. Um, you know, also your game understanding and awareness to communicate to the first five because it's not always the first five running things. It's his, it's his voice and ears outside him. I think that'd be a massive to, to one cross codes and then to think about going in midfield, maybe in time, you know, four or five years down the track. But, you know, you even look at Reeks, um, his transition to the midfield, I think two years ago, he had a crack 
and it's you know it's it's not easy and you know then he's finally worked his way back there now with better game understanding and and he's going great guns but that's someone who's a freak of nature of the rugby version mm. um, and it's taken him a bit of time as well. It would be a ballsy play if you did. I mean, obviously he said he's not doing it. If you did do it as a ballsy play, because like we're just talking about like the backs, you, you obviously know certainty of making the All Blacks. That's for sure. When you look at the backs around the place and you're not necessarily certain of even making the Blues team. You know what I mean? Like it's a big dice to roll if you were to do something like that. It's a huge pay cut too. Mm. Big pay cut. <laughs> A massive pay. I don't think I don't know. Like I don't know firsthand. I'm just going based off um, that NRL 360 show, um, where who was it? One of the players was interviewed on that, and he said that Roger, oh Tohu Harris, um, said that Roger said it was a non-story. So I don't know. I, I may that might be just smoke and mirrors. Um, but yeah, it's a ballsy. It would be a ballsy thing financially and. But I don't know. Does he have a desire to wear the All Black jersey? You know, sometimes it's not just about money it's an opportunity to you know wear that jersey which is so strong as a brand everywhere well particularly because they there's talk that they might have to be based out of australia next year the warriors so and i saw he was saying that he's you know he's got a little girl uh, a little child at home and you know when he when he left she was six or seven months and when he's going back you know she'll be sort of 10 or 11 months old so a big sacrifice for someone like that to make so you can understand the reasoning why wanting to stay in Auckland when it's, it comes to family really. yeah because on um I was listening to another podcast and uh Cooper Johns was saying that Melbourne Storm might be based in Sunshine Coast even like over Christmas until pre-season and stuff if, if yeah. it continues they might not be going back to Victoria or Melbourne um certainly not in the foreseeable future so whether we're different, because obviously Victoria is under the pump at the moment, um, maybe coming back to New Zealand for Christmas, that might be um, possible. But it's definitely, they're making plans for teams to be certainly not based at home mm. um, or going back into dangerous hot spots, I suppose. It's a tough gig, isn't it? Because you, if you do come back, then you're in isolation for two weeks. And then when you eventually go back, you're probably in isolation again for two more weeks over there. Plus you're in a bubble. I mean, life, doesn't sound great, you know, bumping back and forth, does it? No, but I don't think it's great for a lot of people in, in work at the moment. It's it's no different to any job, really, is it? It's it's uncertain times, and and everyone's sort of just got to make do with what what you can. Um, and I think that's the attitude. Like the Warriors have been exceptional, you know, in terms of they abide by the rules, they're away from home, they're, they're fighting, man. The ticket they're showing mm. on the field's outstanding. It's good to watch, you know, even against the Panthers on the weekend, top of the table, and, you know, they nearly snuck home. So uh, it's all against them. And, and you know, there's other Aussie sides that are living at home uh, making more blues, yeah. you know, more stuff-ups than, than the Warriors that, you know, are based away from home 24-7. Thank you for joining us on the Aotearoa NRL Speaking of Aussie, there's been chat if we do go to a 10-team comp next year of the possibility that Kiwis could enter into a draft to fill out the five Aussie teams because we've proven in the past that the Aussies don't really have you know good enough depth for five teams and that's why the fours got cut in the first place. Um, what do you make of that? It's great for any young player and the prospect of being able to still play super rugby. I mean, I would have loved to have, as a really young fellow, gone and played in, in, uh, in a place in Aussie. But 
um, you, you just wonder, like, because what happens when, what if there's like a player that's eligible for Australia that's been living in New Zealand, like a sort of like a Tong and Thor type setup, and then goes over and, um, you know, plays one, meant to play one season and then, and then is lost to New Zealand forever, potentially. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that would have to, be ironed out from our end to, to let that happen but in terms of a young young some young players I think it would be good for them to have that experience it's just you got your conspiracy hat on as well and you thought think well you know is there something a little bit juicy behind this from Aussie's point of view where they're trying to potentially nick a few players you've got to look at it as well like um maybe it could be a loan system rather than a draft because I think if the draft they like like Brad's saying, you're, you're then contracted to there. There's not a lot of motivation to come home because your financial security's um, with that team. And if you go well, they're probably going to put a contract in front of you. And if you're third or fourth in line over here, you know, the, 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 you just look at the injury toll of this current crop. Like We've had guys in every team just coming in and, and it's the, the, thankfully the luxury of our, you know, this skill set that we've got throughout our country that we can call on guys bring in and, and they don't look out of place in, in super teams you lose that um, you know that depth um, that also the ability of you know senior guys in our New Zealand game nurturing that talent um, you know it, 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 it's a risk but look speaking from a guy that I went to the force when I was 22 for a preseason um, just purely because I wanted an opportunity um, I, I don't you, I wouldn't want to cut it. I wouldn't want to say it's a bad idea. I think, I think it'd be a great idea for a young guy that that's craving an opportunity. And then, if your desire and your passion to play for a team back here is is strong enough, you you probably will end up uh, coming back. So, so you've got to sort you, of back that. If you're going to make it a loan system, what do you maybe add five more players to each Super Rugby team squad here, and then loan them out from those Super Rugby squads because they'd need to have an end of our contract, wouldn't they, in order yes. to get loaned out? I'd see it more you'd just get an NZR draft contract and then that's how you'd enter their draft system. Um, so I think there's still a draft anyway for our super teams. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Brad. And then, yep, and then so. I'd say, if, and then out of that, they may the Aussies may say, okay, we want to look at these 15 and then they put them on a draft contract or I'm sure there's ways around it. But then you just, it's, it's getting niggly. The, the easier way is to trust that they'll want to come back and, and look if they go really well and want to represent the Wallabies that's not bad for the, the world game either I think guys like maybe Mitch Jacobson guys like that who've until now gone to the Sunwolves and places like that because the Sunwolves essentially played that part hasn't it well that's exactly right and Jamie Booth was the same he was at the Sunwolves last year and oh, he you've seen how good he, he's been going for the Hurricanes so there is clearly value in it you just got to yeah, you got to try and make sure that they do eventually come back, I guess. Um, I suppose around, you know, like what if we've loaned them out and then all of a sudden we have another locking crisis and three of the next cabs off the rank are over in Australia, can we call them back? I mean, there'll be a lot of things to iron out, but clearly uh, getting experience at a higher level has has value for, a, for an individual player. So that part of it's hard hard to deny. Especially for guys who uh, maybe Mitre 10 Cup players who don't, you know, survive off that Mitre 10 Cup income and maybe have to do that for a year or pick up some supplementary work here or there. That kind of system would help them get the security they need in order well, some, to survive, right? Some guys are going over to that uh, Major League Rugby in the States at the moment. They're essentially doing that instead. So, um, 
yeah, would you rather them playing in the MLR or, or playing Super Rugby? You'd probably rather them playing Super Rugby, wouldn't you? Totally, totally. Although this MLR sounds like fun. It does. Yeah, it does. I'll be keeping an eye on that one in the future. <laughs> <laughs> You've just signed another 15 years, haven't you, Tamalolo? <laughs> you guys keeping the eye on the Northern Hemisphere footy this week? Yeah, I watched the, um, the uh, Quinn sale game just because Joey Marchant was in it. So I just uh, wanted to see how he went. Oh, tough watch, if I'm honest. It was, um, it was wet weather. Um, so they went in threes and um, you could tell they'd come out of lockdown, you know, like they're trying to chuck the ball down. There's quite a few errors early on, um, but I think they'll get better as time goes on. Um, but the other thing I picked up is a few cards for the Kiwi boys. I think Milani got a red, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Lima got a yellow, uh, Muller got a yellow. Um, who else? Someone else. There was, there was another one. Oh, Geordie Tafur got a yellow. <laughs> I was like, the Kiwi boys have come out of lockdown, fired up for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, I just think similar, like the intent was there. Uh, the weather didn't really play its part in a few of the games, but there's some high scoring other ones that I didn't run my over. Um, but again, like it'll just get better and better, I'd say. Um, there was definitely plenty of excitement and want to play like they're throwing the ball around especially early on see it's summertime over in the uk isn't it yeah i know but it was it was wet at the queen's game um but i think i I didn't catch um all the games but there were some high scoring ones i think was northampton was high scoring um obviously once milani got red carded uh the worcester warriors struggled um against gloucester but um dolph Dolph's team, uh, Stephen Lutua's team, had a tight win against Saracens, 16-12, so they're happy with that. Mm-hmm. And Exeter Chiefs just carried on their way. But I think Wasp forms are interesting because um, he's Kiwi guys and that, so I always take interest in them. But, you know, four wins in a row with bonus points, I think, after the weekend. Um, so they're coming into the right form. I think they've slipped up to fourth. Um, so, yeah, plenty going on in the Northern yeah. Hemisphere, lads. That Bristol team looks pretty epic, actually. It's full of Kiwi lads. I'm not sure if you caught it, John R. Ford doing this behind-the-back pass at training. I yeah, like, I how old is that guy? He must be 40 now, and he's I still s- doing it. Yeah, I saw him on Insta. That, uh, that was a hell of a ball. And classic John R. Ford style, keeps running and celebrates like you wouldn't believe. He'll, he'll have that on repeat. He'll just be watching that over and over. But it's quite cool. I like the way that Pat Lamb set it up. Like It's essentially turned into almost... The Pacific Island team that we want to get into Super Rugby over here, over in Europe. Yeah, I mean it's they play a great brand of footy, and um, obviously I've been coached under Pat, so he runs a pretty strict regime. Um, and, and look, they're going really well. I think they're you know second or third. So the big test for them is, is obviously the Exeter Chiefs. They, they seem to be well and truly out the front, um, and obviously have come second to Saracens over the last few years. So they'll they'll be pretty motivated to get their title. 